Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Backseat GM podcast. I'm Ben Roman. And I'm Zach Sperduti. I'm, you know, still recovering from episode 21. It's, we rip these out, you know, so often it's kind of hard to, to keep up, you know, with, uh, with this. Yeah, busy- just flo- flooding your podcast feed with uh, content. Oh, yeah. We're just content Although, machines, well-oiled content machines. It's always, it's always, you know, good to be a two-hour episode whenever we get together. So I guess that uh, <laughs> that definitely keeps keeps you guys occupied. But absolutely, um, so we're gonna try to keep it. We're gonna try to keep this one to an hour and a half. That's that's the challenge. Um, we're already forty-seven seconds in. Um, and I feel like we're not on pace to do that, but. <laughs> We do our yeah. best. And Ben and I just talked an hour before this. So we got an hour of the podcast already out of the way. So mm-hmm. there should be less time. We got 45 minutes of bullshitting and just shooting the shit um, out of the way. So hopefully we can get a uh, more condensed version to you guys. And if you guys are more interested in the content that we provide, we can release those unreleased tapes of us. just The forbidden shooting. tapes. Yeah, just us shooting the shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> we'll have it behind a paywall yeah exactly yeah. You get one person to buy in yeah um but this is uh it's been an eventful few weeks since we last got together zach um indeed draft free agency some trades going on wow um so we should probably get right into that but first let's visit our Kevin McHale, oh. the part of the show where we talk about a beer we've picked in pop this week. Some crafty hops with sneaky athleticism. Zach, would you like to go first? No. Oh, all right, then I'll go first. Okay. Ben, uh, what'd you have this week? I recently enjoyed a Sprecher Black Bavarian. Um, it is a Schwarz beer uh, or black style lager um extremely roasty uh, it's, it's kind of got the body of a lager but it's got the flavor of a dark roasty beer um not high on malt but uh very high on roast and super like crushable definitely could be a summer beer if you wanted it to be chasing it with a moon man right now uh Nuglaris brewing I believe I've talked about the Moon Man No Coast Pale Ale before on this podcast, um, but definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed the Black Bavarian. Uh, definitely in- inoffensive and uh, quite enjoyable. Nothing to complain about. That's good. I'm glad you were, you know, and kind of inoffensive. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've had a, I had a, uh, this week I had a Bell's Two-Hearted, uh, double Two-Hearted actually, and they release these like around this time of the year. More than um, one. I had, yeah, I had more than one. Um, got pretty bloated, I will say. But it was in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. And in the you made some, you, you made some ribeye with it? Oh, dude. H- uh, H-E-B, got the ribeye, I got all the cuts of meat behind the glass, and I was like, you know what, it's Friday. You know, I'm a man of the house. That's right. I took some ribeye, so I saw this beautiful cut of ribeye, slapped it on the old uh, cast iron, seared Ooh. it up, 
flipped it over, butter basted with some rosemary and garlic. Ooh, baby. Oh, overcooked it by a hair. That's okay. I like my steak a little more on the well side. So I'm not a medium rare guy. I know that's the optimal. So I aired on the I side. Get, yeah, I always get medium rare. That's my I, favorite. I you, you get medium? I like, I like a, I call it medium rare plus. Plus, it's like right in between medium rare and medium. I feel like I get more of the more of the um, flavor of the meat and less the flavor. I like more of the flavor of uh, I like it a little crispier, like a, little, a little barky on the outside. And it, so uh, I was going for that with this one. I got it, and uh, man, that, that too hard it hits you hard. It doesn't too hard. It does hit you hard, um, especially on an empty stomach. So uh, yes, sir. I had, I had to like I had to pause cooking. And then um, take a seat for about 15 minutes after my second one. I had like two in the span of 30 minutes. Wow. And I just had to, I had to put everything on hold. I let, let the potatoes boil. And I just said, you know what? Let's, let's take a little, little halftime here. Let your uh, <laughs> blood alcohol levels marinate a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I love I love the Two-Hearted. It's one of my favorite IPAs and my favorite beers. And the Double Two-Hearted is a little creamier, a little bit more umami. Just a little, oh. It's just everything you, it's like, it's like if you, I don't know, suckle milk right from a, right from a, like a cow, you know, that's just what it tastes like. So, oh, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love it. Yeah, that shit, that, that looked good. Um, do you have any pictures? you take pictures that you, yeah. from your camera roll? We'll have yeah. to post that on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you get some, uh cooking with zach content <laughs> sounds good buddy i uh i was telling you earlier but i just took uh first steps in fermenting my own hot sauce yes zach sent me a recipe um you just put it in like a little salt water brine let it sit for uh let the pepper sit in a mason jar for about two weeks and then you add some clove garlic and some stuff blend it up mm. and uh, you got your own uh, do-it-yourself hot sauce, so wow. I'm excited to get that rolling. Um, I feel like that's a new level of, of indie that you haven't, uh, you know, reached yet. That I haven't achieved. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm yeah. working on get, getting my indie badges up, like my untapped badges. <laughs> it's, but, it's, uh, it's looking good. It's looking good. You sent me a picture. It looks looks like I can just eat it right now. It's on my Instagram. Might have to put it on the podcast uh, Instagram story. So. Uh, all of our loyal listeners can uh, see what I'm talking about that don't follow me, which are probably zero. Um, <laughs> all, the, all the bot accounts. <laughs> yeah, all the <laughs> all the bots. Um, but uh, yeah. so you talked you talked about your 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 two hearted. I talked about my black Bavarian from Sprecher. Let's get into some NBA free agency news. I love it. Let's do it. I love it though. Um, <laughs> So, uh, brought to you by M. Night Shyamalan, old, the story of the 2021-2022 Miami Heat and Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, this, this is going to be good. Uh, so, let's start out with the Miami Heat. Um, currently in tampering investigation, uh, the Heat signed Kyle Lowry to a three-year, $90 million contract in a sign-and-trade with the Raptors. Um, they agreed to this deal prior to the 6 p.m. deadline for NBA free agency, um, which, you know, 
it's a little bit uh, might have to take a couple of giraffe picks away, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't see what they did wrong. It's it, like what you told me last year. It's it, everyone's doing it, so it should be okay. That's you know, that's what I, uh, a good friend from Wisconsin told me. Last so we'll year just now. we'll just pick and choose which ones we want to uh, which ones we want to punish, right? I mean, it's not about picking and choosing. It's just about, you know, the spirit of the game. And Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I'm joking. This is <laughs> this is what we, it's funny that they, they did this literally right after the Bucks. I mean, the, the offseason right after the Bucks did it. It's, and they didn't expect the NBA to crack down on it for some reason. It's just like, this is, the, the NBA opened up the can of worms with the Bucks. They set a precedent. And, Teams continue to apparently uh, do it right when the clock strikes uh, the witch now. I mean, there, there was about 80 deals that went on at uh, 6.01 p.m. that were announced. Right. Um, so I guess got some really quick negotiators, those agents, yeah. um, and those GMs. But in any case, um, so that, that deal is still you know being investigated. Maybe take some draft picks, null the deal, make both teams keep their assets. But uh, if it goes through, Precious Achua, rumored to be involved to go into the Raptors. Um, Dragic also involved, um, but maybe rerouted to Dallas. Um, that's still something that's up in the air. Uh, Dragic said that he wanted to play with Luka. Because um, I believe I, Dragic is Slovenian, I guess. Yeah, they're all hey. on that uh, southeastern European. I thought he like the the Mavs had a deal like last last off season, like it fell through, or like it wouldn't be the worst fit because Dragic is a good shooter. He's just getting up there in age. Yeah. I mean the the contract is the main concern. Like if you could sign Goran Dragic to a, a smaller deal, that'd be a home run. I think so but, too. Absolutely. Um, Mavs need help. Yeah, I mean. At the time, I thought adding Josh Richardson would be good for the Mavericks because they needed help on the wing, but he had an awful year. And Seth Curry, who they traded to Philly, had an insane year with the Sixers. So, like, the Mavs' offense definitely struggled as a result of that. Um, They should have hung on to him. But um, the Mavs, Luke is really the only person who's able to playmake. You know, yeah, yeah. Jalen Brunson. I mean, Hardaway isn't a playmaker. Hardaway's, you know, has pops off a couple times. So, and Porzingis, you know, sticks at thirty-five feet and shoots threes. So when he's, you know, when he's not. They need in. to do a better job of trying to get him involved in the offense. But I, I mean, agree. he's kind of a shell of what he was in New York. And all those, all those videos on the pick and the pick and pop where. Like Porzingis is wide open. Porzingis is still like 33 feet away from the rim. He like backs out and he doesn't stick on the line or does he's open. He could just roll to the rim. He doesn't have to pick and pop every time. So he's, he's not a roller to the rim type guy. Though. He's not, he's not physical enough to do that. He's much more comfortable. He's, he's basically a six eleven shooting guard is what he is. Well, well Kyle quarter. Yeah, exactly. On the bucks. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I think that uh, like Rodgers would be great for them so that Luca doesn't have to, have the burden of playmaking up and down the floor every time. Yeah, but that's still up in the air. It's not a done deal by any means. As, yeah. as of right now, Dragic is a Toronto Raptor. Um, the Heat also re-sign Jimmy Butler to a five-year, $182 million extension. 
Um, so how old is Jimmy Butler right now? Uh, five he, is, he is 31. 31. So I, five I years that, from now. I said that very confidently, and I'm going to look it up right now. No. Oh. Um, I'm going to look it up right now, too. He's 31. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, so five-year extension that will be paying him until he is 36, um, which, you know, is not incredibly hard to see him still being an effective player by them, but, you know, maybe not necessarily what he is now, which I guess you're not really banking on necessarily in the last year of a five-year deal at this yeah. age. And, but... you, know, you know, the it's like the Chris Paul deal, you know, you, you pay for the premium of the leadership. You know he's not going to be amazing at the end of his deal, but he's still like, you know, even at the end yeah. of his current deal, he's super effective. I think Chris Paul may be the exception for these kind of deals, but he, he you know, Jimmy Butler brings a culture and sometimes that culture works, sometimes that doesn't. Didn't work this year so much, but there's still, with the team they have around them, they can definitely... Uh, I, that's why, like, like when 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 teams say, "Oh, the organization is bigger than the player," sometimes it isn't, and especially in the case of the Packers or you know the Patriots or you know those guys like Brady Rogers, those guys, yeah, the organization is bigger. The organization will be around before and after, but those guys, and I'm not saying Butler's on that level, but but Butler, those guys, they they set a culture, and they the organization is as big as you know the players take them there, so. I think it's yeah. I think it's a good move, obviously. Um, so Kyle Lowry is thirty five. Jimmy Butler is thirty one. Um, PJ Tucker is thirty six. They signed him to a two year, fifteen million dollar deal, um, which you know it's not it's not it's not a bad value at all um, no. based on what we saw in the playoffs. But um, he's by no means like a I don't know. I feel I feel like he's being coined as like the answer at power forward for the for the Heat, and that just seems a little bit of an overreaction. Um, they also re-signed Duncan Robinson to a five-year, ninety million dollar deal. Duncan Robinson is already twenty-seven years old. No uh, way. Yes. I feel like he's like twenty-three. No. <laughs> I'm, he was probably drafted at 23. Wow. Yeah. So they're going to be paying him until he's 32 on a five-year, $90 million deal. Which by then, the cap might look a little bit different and it might not look as bad. But right now, yeah, that's yeah. a yeah, hefty million. price to pay for a guy who kind of disappeared in that series. Like $20 million when the cap's a lot more. It'll probably be a good deal at the back end. It'll probably even out. Probably overpay now, back end. But yeah, I'd rather have Seth Curry as my as my shooting guard. It's it's tough. Duncan Robinson shown that he can really light it up at a at, at a lot of volume. Yes. Um, but he's basically playable on one side of the floor, which in deeper in the playoffs is not as tenable. We saw that with Bryn Forbes. Um, <laughs> you see that with other guys like yeah. I mean Nikola Mirotic even. Um, but you know, it's, they're retaining a guy. It, it just seems like a huge overpay to me. Yeah. Um, so 36 year old PJ Tucker, 35 year old Kyle Lowry, 31 year old Jimmy Butler. Um, this reminds me of the, 
Knicks super team from a couple years ago. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was a uh, Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Porzingis, um, Mello. Was it? I, maybe. Was it those? Ago. Was it those four? I don't know what was there. Um. So, uh, I meant before we move on, do you, do you, are you going to miss uh, Tucker? And do you, it sounded like he wanted to stay, and you know the Bucks didn't want to pay him. Yeah, that's a whole thing. But basically, PJ Tucker, the Bucks had his bird rights, and so they could have signed him for whatever, and it wouldn't have counted against the cap. And they chose not to, um, which feels like ownership just not wanting to pay the tax bill, um, which is pretty Whoa. shitty. The the off season after you win your first championship in fifty years in a small market. Um, the rumor was that they had said that they, or they were talking about bringing Tucker back and he was in the understanding that they were going to bring him back. And he was asking for two years, 20 million. So 10 million a year, I remember that. which, you know, it's probably an overpay for the type of player he is, but you know, he's the reason you won the net series and You know, he played a vital role in winning a championship, bringing a championship to Milwaukee. What was his plus um, minus at home? Like a plus 170 or something like that? Yeah, he like would score zero points and be like a plus 10 for the game anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's frustrating as a Bucks fan because, you know, you lose that roster spot, you lose that salary. Not only would he have, would it not have mattered, like, from a cap standpoint and a flexibility standpoint, but that's like basically the only mid-level contract that would have been on the roster um, that would be like tradable. So that's frustrating because you can't, you don't really have that flexibility later on down the line. If he does underperform and you want to get off his contract or you just want to trade for another player with more talent, you know, you attach an asset or a young player with his deal and then you get somebody who's a win now contributor, you know? Yeah. That's the type of thing that they lose. Like most of their contracts are either minimum or really high. Like Middleton, Holiday, Giannis, all big contracts. The only the only similar like is like Brooke Lopez. He's getting paid like twelve million a year or something like that. But like if you're trading Brooke Lopez, that's a huge like switch up and scheme and oh, I think Bobby, everything. Bob, Bobby will step in just fine. Um, Bobby's only getting paid 4 million a year. Yeah. So he's not even a mid-level deal. Yeah. Like, so you're losing that flexibility, which is really frustrating after coming off a chip, you'd think right now would be the time where you would pay the tax no matter what to retain that roster and, extend the window as long as possible. So I think this just proves that winning the championship uh, would not make Bucks fans happy. It just, mm. it just, it just doesn't. You guys will be perpetually unhappy with whatever happens. And um, Sorry. Sorry, I forgot that I forgot that if you win a championship, you should just be thrilled with another 50 years of me- mediocrity before you win another one. That was the joke that Noah always got like, Oh, you're a Patriots fan. How, how, how can you complain about anything? It's like, you can still, you can still complain. You can still complain. <laughs> you can definitely still complain. And I, I will continue to complain. And you have every right to complain. I'm on, I'm on cloud nine with this championship, but doesn't mean that it absolves ownership from everything <laughs> that they fucking do. <laughs> they took they took that champion trophy and 
and hoisted it up and then we're like i don't know what this i don't know if this championship revenue is enough to uh pay the tax bill next year i think we'll probably i think we'll cheap out on it all the money we'll have bobby portis take less to maintain more flexibility and then uh screw him over and not resign pj tucker all the money from all the all the deer district royalties that they got from all the probably profit sharing from all the companies there. Oh my god, there were sixty thousand people at the deer district buying beer and and shit and buying merchandise and oh, I guess that wasn't enough. I guess I guess they they can't pay the tax bill. Wow. But uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, yes, Zach, yes. Um, part two of M Night Shyamalan's old. Um, so I guess first off, uh, trade for Russell Westbrook. Zach, you're the uh, resident Russell Westbrook super fan, extraordinaire, <laughs> expert. Um, what, do, what, what do you what do you make of this deal? They sent Kyle Kuzma, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harrell, Graham Harrell, uh, and a twenty. <laughs> The twenty second pick in the twenty one draft, uh, and then yeah, they signed a bunch of guys at the minimum after that. But what do you think of the what do you think about the Westbrook deal? I think this doesn't happen if Schroeder plays like Oklahoma City Schroeder. They they changed. They got rid of Rondo. They kind of said that Schroeder's it's going to be kind of a big three. And Schroeder played well the first couple months, and he fell completely off and was basically unplayable on defense somehow and unplayable on offense in the playoffs. Um, not unplayable because they still played him, but he was not good. Um, so I, I think they realize. Um, Sounds a lot like somebody we know. That, West, uh, they just tra- that they just traded for. <laughs> so, unplayable on defense, unplayable on offense. Westbrook is the kind of player that can change a game immediately. For the good and for the bad, it's like immediately. So like he can he can grab a couple of steals. Like he can play like those first couple months he played with Harden before his knee injury, he was you know facilitating. He was like a twenty eight and eight guy. He wasn't like a twenty eight a twelve and twelve guy. He was facilitating. He was playing very passive, but he was he was driving efficiently. He wasn't forcing his drives. I think that's the problem with Westbrook is he likes to he forces his drives way too much. Then we got to the playoffs, we're forcing drives and then four straight turnovers happens. We're down twelve, down fourteen. And we're out of the game. Um, I just, I think LeBron, you know, the, the the standard that LeBron will set for him and the expectations LeBron will set for him. Like like Rondo coming to the Lakers is kind of like, uh, everyone kind of thought it was a meme thing, you know. And then Rondo starts to play like like a like a version of 08 Rondo. Like he's, he's facilitating. He's taking quality shots. So it depends on how much... Um, he defers to LeBron in terms of scheme, in terms of window attack. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it's just like the idea of, of Carmelo, like Carmelo and the Rockets. Are we going to get Olympic mellow? Like, no, we never really got that. So there's an idea of these players when they come. He'll definitely add physicality on offense, and then he'll be able to run the second unit. But then this is what I was telling Noah, the resident Lakers fan. The defense is completely gone. Like you, who's what? There's no defensive stopper unless AD like puts on his big boy pants and plays like a top five defense point in the league, which he can be at times. But he's not going to want to do that. So they don't have a, a single guy that they can just say, "Hey, we need you to stop this wing, or we need you to stop this guy." So they, I mean, once you trade away I mean, Caruso and KCP, were kind of those guys that 
not stoppers, but those were the guys that could. They had no, one I of mean, the best wing defenses in the league, and now they. There's a reason they were one of the top defenses with that core year yeah. after year, and it was Alex Caruso, and it was Contavious Caldwell Pope, and you know Anthony Davis, of course, but. When you send out KCP, you lose your top win defender, like hands down. You choose not to re-sign Alex Caruso. Um, they had his bird rights, obviously, and they chose to uh, let him go in free agency to the Chicago Bulls, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they sent out their two, two of their top perimeter defenders um and so now you your core consists of russell westbrook who has lost all form of an outside shot in the last few years (laughs) yeah uh anthony davis who had you know a terrible year shooting the ball last year and he's really not shown that he's like a efficient outside shooter for his career he had a really good stretch during their championship run where he hit a lot of those type of shots, which they needed him to. But, you know, he hasn't shown that consistency. And then you have LeBron, who's never been, you know, an efficient outside shooter. Um, So your core three guys aren't really three-point threats, let's say. Um, You know, LeBron can hit big shots. He's shown that time and time again. But let's be real. Like, these guys are not known for the three-point shooting. Um, and Westbrook's the most egregious of those, but, you know, they signed a bunch of role players on vet minimums, uh, that can shoot the three ball. So they signed Trevor Ariza, um, who, you know, the worst of these signings in my opinion, by a long shot, uh, he shot 35% on 4.8 threes a game last year. Uh, he looked like a fucking statue in that heat. Buck series though in the first round like he was just getting fried um against anybody he was guarding uh he's way i, I don't even know how old he is but he's got to be in his mid-30s God, at least. i'll look it up real quick but keep going and then mellow uh you know he shot 40.9 percent from three on 4.7 attempts last year so you know more three-point attempts than i think people give him credit for like people know him as the mid-range shooter but you know he definitely was able to hit a lot of those threes um and um you know he might he might take the ball a little bit away from lebron or ad or westbrook um which could be but he's going to be playing off the bench for the most part so they kind of needed that offensive punch in their second unit they sorely missed that last year which is part of the reason that they struggled so much they didn't have a Um, michael beasley type you know yes uh michael beasley once said that he's just carmelo anthony on the left side of the floor so um wayne ellington (laughs) shot 42 percent on six threes a game last year kent bazemore i thought was a really good signing Shot 40.8% on 2.7 three-point attempts. Um, He can create a little bit of his own offense. Malik Monk signed for the minimum. Uh, He had a great season last year. Shot 40% on five threes a game. Um, Can also kind of do a little bit of uh, creation himself. Um, And then Dwight Howard, 
with the return, the return of a champ signed for the minimum. That, that's a good signing uh, too. Yeah, I, I I like that signing because they, they missed McGee and him last year so much. Like during Harrell, the regular season, was getting yeah. bodied in the post. During the regular season, like they're gonna need a body to kind of soak up those center minutes and keep AD healthy. Yes, I mean in 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 the playoffs they'll probably go to AD at the five and LeBron at the four, but. Um, during the regular season, you need a guy to soak up those type of minutes, and they lost Javale McGee to the Suns. So, um, that's I think that's an important signing for them. I think it's a good signing. He might not do you know as much in the playoffs, but it's definitely still important to the roster. Um, did you have some you were gonna say? No, you said it. I think that like Howard adds that versatility if they play like a, a team with two big guys, then they can or even spelling like. He, Howard in the pick and roll is actually like kind of impressive for his point of his career and how big he is. Like he, he was very, very critical to their defensive scheme um, and their championship run. So I think he, he's, he's, he's actually a great signing. Yeah. I I like it. Um, They also signed Kendrick Nunn to the taxpayer mid-level exception for two years. Taxpayer mid-level rounds out to about 6 million a year. Um, He put up 14, 0.6 0.6 points, 38.1% from three on 5.7 attempts. Um, so he can maybe fulfill a little bit of that uh, off the bench scoring um, behind Westbrook. Um, you know, I bet Malik Monk feels a little bit silly for signing for the minimum right before they got Kendrick Nunn because he probably thought that he could get a little bit more of a role in that second unit. Um, and now he signed for the minimum just to be behind another guy, basically. So, or maybe they'll be in tandem. But in any case, uh, that happened. And then they re-signed uh, Tillon Horton Tucker to a three-year, $32 million deal. They had his bird rights. He's a good defender. I, you know, yeah. You and I both think he's overrated. but uh, So overrated, dude. But I think this is still a good value deal for what he does do and what he could do in the future. I don't think it's horrible. I think it's egregious. He keeps keeps their defense intact, at least a little bit. Yeah, it keeps them intact from, from, I don't know, sucking cock. But, I mean, he's, 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 his defensive numbers are decent. Like, he's got good splits on, on defense, but, his offense numbers, they, they categorize him as this playmaker. Like, like and all these, uh, what, what pissed I mean, me off is all these fucking interviews. It's like, oh, we got we to gotta get Taylor involved. Taylor, Taylor was big playmaking. He's terrible. He's awful. He's a terrible player. He's not good at offense at all. You put him in the final four minutes. He's doing step back 35 foot threes that barely hit rim. It's just, it's absurd. He's part of this, like LeBron was like, like, I, like these LeBron quotes. He's like, oh man, I, I, I'm blessed to have Taylor on my team. He said something like that. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? I think he's like a clutch athlete or something. It's like the most bull fucking bullshit. Oh, I bet of he all is. Time. I bet he is. Like, uh, he's he's not a shooter. That's for sure. He's not going to help the three point shooting. No. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna bring defense. He's gonna bring a little bit of playmaking. But he's, I mean, they had his bird rights, so it's like it doesn't really count against yeah. the cap for them, and it's. You know, he's one of their young guys on the roster that they have still. So you might as well do what you can to retain young, no young guys on the roster. 
yeah, speaking of old, uh, Ariza, Mello, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, like, Jesus Christ. But, dude, imagine this team in, in like, in, uh, 2015. <sighs> imagine the Heat in 2015. With Bosch and Wade being healthy? What are you talking about? I guess Bosch, the... and Wade are, Bosch and Wade are not on the roster. I'm talking about their current players like you were. Oh, I thought you said, but imagine if the Heat were healthy. Oh, you mean now? I, I was like, even LeBron wasn't in the Heat in 2015. I was like... No, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker. I'm sorry. Um, I thought you were talking about like in 2015, imagine if the Heat, the heat were healthy. I thought you were talking about like a Wade renaissance. Why, w- why would I just randomly bring that up? Because right uh, you, like, you have Wade's dick in your mouth all the time. I don't know. But yes, I'm joking. But yeah, the heat would be yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts on the Lakers? What what do you what do you think this does for their I mean, they basically trade away most of the guys on their roster last year. So yeah. what do you think how do you how do you think this shakes out next year? And I guess the heat too, for that matter. I like they got a lot of guys who play have played basketball in the past. So like a lot of shooters. That's a good benchmark, I guess. Yeah. And uh, depending on the scheme, a defensive uh, player can be better defensively than they actually are. So it depends on like there's going to be a, a cream of the crop that rises that they're going to have they're going to have a three and D guy out of this. Like um, and uh, Melo obviously won't be Ariza's over the hill, um, but Baysmore, Ellington, Monk, one of those guys is going to like oh wow we didn't expect Monk to be this good at defensively and he'll fill that spot and then. I think it's going to be funny to see Lakers Nation turning on a player and then hyping them up and then saying, wow, well, you guys are hating on all our players. And then while well, they were actually hating on their players the whole season. So we'll, we'll be able to have a front row seat to the Laker fan shit show where they just complain about everything and then like say, why did you guys complain about everything? We knew we were going to win all along. And that may just be Noah. But anyway, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's stupid to think that they wouldn't make the finals or at least be in the Western Conference finals. If LeBron and yeah, they, the Lakers if LeBron and AD stay healthy. The Lakers essentially traded their defense, their top defense, for better shooting around their core, um, which you know it makes sense to basically go all out for shooting when you add now Westbrook to the mix of your yeah. core. Um, yeah, it's kind of a necessity. Um, hey, and Westbrook in that second unit that that could be dangerous, man. With that being said, though, we know the story of role players in the playoffs. Like, it's hot and cold. It's not, yes. you know, by any means consistent. So you add Russell Westbrook to your core. It's not like any of these role players will have the consistency of a superstar-type yeah. player with their three-point shooting. So we could see, we could see Trevor Ariza go – you know, 45% from deep. And we could see Wayne Ellington, who's just like a career 45% three point shooter, like go 30% for the playoffs or something like that. So there's no, there's no like reliability with this type of roster construction from a shooting standpoint. Like they compensated for the lack of shooting in their core uh, with the role players, but that, you know, in the playoffs, we've seen that that, isn't always a winning strategy. So that's a great point. Um, they forfeited all the defense, which is something that usually carries over to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and you know, substituted it for role player shooting. So 
and it's is, kind of a necessity with their roster construction with Westbrook, LeBron, and Davis, but it's not ideal by any means. And this is expecting that um, the defense collapses on all the drives. If you like, if Westbrook is hurt, and now you have LeBron and AD, they may not collapse on LeBron's drives. And LeBron, like, it just like it depends. They're expecting the defense to collapse on every drive, and. If you have a good defensive team with good one-on-one players, they may not be able to. They may not need to collapse on all the drives. They may be able to stay on the shooters. Um, so depending on how these guys play, Westbrook, you know, and LeBron and AD, depending on how healthy they are, you don't have that backup playmaker. But I guess they got three superstars, so you know. They well, really... I mean, Kendrick Nunn isn't the worst option, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you got Mello. You got Mello getting buckets off the bench, and you got yeah. Malik Monk, who's you know decent in that aspect, but I mean, yeah, I mean you don't have, but they didn't have that type of playmaking off the bench last year either. But they had the defense to make up for it, so it didn't really like they they couldn't score in the non-LeBron minutes, but they also didn't give up a lot of points. Yeah, so yeah, either way, that will be that'll be a different story this year. So either way, they're probably going to be in the finals. Probably. For all the negatives and positives that we said, probably. I mean, who's stopping them in the West? Maybe the Warriors? It depends. I mean, it's... Because Jamal Murray is uh, going to be A hurt. lot has to do with... I mean, it has a lot to do with has, with Westbrook's fit. Like, yep. if he's willing to take on a tertiary role. He's clearly the third best player at that point. We barely touched on that, but like... Yeah. Him actually accepting a role behind LeBron and AD is not something that we've necessarily seen before. It's something we've seen him say that he will do. Yeah. Um, but for three it, months with Harden, and that was as long as that lasted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know he had COVID, and then he came back from COVID, so he might not have been a hundred percent. Yeah, he got, uh, he got hurt, but then he started to be more aggressive when he got hurt, which is weird. But. <laughs> It's the, it's the Westbrook mentality. Um, in any case, the Lakers, you know, trading for Westbrook, they saw the Bucks win a chip with a Monte Ellis-type shooting clip, and they're like, all right, we can do that. We can shoot 30% from deep in the playoffs and win a, win a title. Okay. Why not? Why not us? <laughs> okay. Um, the Chicago Bulls are doing things. Shy City. Uh, Shy City. Uh, Zach, do you want to uh, take a crack at this? Or? Sure. The Chicago Bulls are doing things. They signed DeMar DeRozan to a three-year, $85 million deal in sign and trade. DeMar was highly coveted by uh, the Lakers. Uh, maybe not highly, but he was. they were in talks. Uh, eventually, uh, I think... The- He's from Compton, right? Yeah. He's from Compton. Yeah. I think so he's um, always kind of been rumored about going to LA throughout his career. Yeah. I, I think they made the right call. I mean, I'd rather have Westbrook than DeRozan, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I think so. I think so. Oh, well, at least Westbrook is a playmaker. Westbrook can get you 12. Oh, did, you know, did, DeRozan, he's playmaker. He's been playmaking a lot for the Spurs yeah, the last three years. He has to, and it hasn't been effective. He playmakes, but is it? They have a shit team. Right. They have a shit team. The Wizards He's were, still averaging 6.2 assists in the past three seasons. I know, but with Spurs. If you give this, I think if you give the same roster to Westbrook and DeRozan, Westbrook will literally force guys into a spot where they're going to make shots. I think DeRozan's assists come more as a product of pick and rolls or 
or as a product of the system, I think Westbrook's able to break down a defense more when he's feeling it and put. You're probably you're right at his peak, at his but peak, yeah. you know we're we're talking about yeah you know Westbrook's range of outcomes is vast. It's huge. Like he could be <laughs> yes he, he he will be the player that turns the tide of the game one way or another, no in a positive or negative fashion. DeRozan's a little bit more safe, I feel like, where he will kind of be more consistently who he is, which he's been for the past, like, seven years, seven, eight years. Like, he's been pretty consistently at the same level. Um, so have LeBron be more of a facilitator, then DeRozan work off that. DeRozan AD work off that. Yeah. Yeah, and DeRozan, you know, he can get his own offense pretty consistently. He can shoot better than Westbrook can from the mid-range. And, I mean... I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. So the Bulls sent Thad Young, uh, El Aminu, first round pick, and two seconds to the Spurs for the right to sign Droz into a three year, $85 million deal, which seems like a lot of money um, for a guy his age. But, you know, the Bulls are trying to finally get in the fucking playoffs for the first time <laughs> since Derek Rose's peak. Yeah. Um, DeMar DeRozan, like we said, he he averaged 6.2 assists over the past three seasons with the Spurs. Um, he also put up nearly 22 points per game last season, yeah. uh, functioned as the lead ball handler and facilitator. Um, he turned 32 yesterday, so he is getting up there in age. Up there, um, you know, he could have a one or two more prime years, I think. Yeah, and he's... You know his mid range is so good. You could see him not relying on his on his athleticism as much. Towards I mean, we've, we're already seeing it. He's not nearly as athletic as he was with the Raptors. Yeah. In those years, so I mean, he's got a game that can probably age decently. Um, but you know, the Bulls were one of the worst teams in the league at getting to the line last year, and. DeMar DeRozan, I think he averaged like seven free throws a game with the Spurs last year, so he'll help that as a guard. Um, The Bulls, that was far from the only move that the Bulls made, though. They shook up their roster quite a bit. Um, Signed Lonzo Ball uh, to a four-year, $85 million deal in a sign-and-trade, which sent uh, Tomas Sanaransky, uh, Garrett Temple, and a second to the Pelicans. Um, Ball put up 14... 0.6 0.6 points per game last year, um, shot 37.8% from the field, which is not great, 41.4% from deep, which is a lot better than his career average, um, and 78% from the line. Um, he had a career low turnover percentage with career high usage last year, um, so that's promising. Yes. Um, I guess, you know, last year with the Pelicans, he kind of functioned as – an off-ball wing and kind of secondary slash tertiary initiator in the half court. Um, he can probably do something similar uh, next to Levine and DeRozan, kind of have those two command the offense a bit more and play as more of a connector, playmaker type guy um, off the ball. He's also really lethal in transition, um, which is something we saw last year with Zion throwing those basically full court lobs oh, in the half court and stuff. And so, I mean, I think the fit's pretty good uh, next to those two guys. Um, he doesn't really have to function as a on ball creator as much, and he can kind of do what he's 
best at, which is defense, three-point shooting, um, connector playmaking, kind of being that tertiary guy to find the open man um, no off question. ball. So. Yeah, dude, I, all great points. Like, I, you know, you're going to have DeMar and Levine breaking down the defenses going at it, and then you're going to need a guy to get the role players involved. And Lonzo has proved he's a great facilitator. And, um, Paul, I mean, he's not the next Magic Johnson. I think that was unfair to put that projection on by his own family. But no question he's a great facilitator. Um, and like you said, a, a willing a willing and able defender. So, uh, and Vucevic at center, man, this is – the Bulls are should make the playoffs. Like, and then Caruso on the wing. I, I mean, imagine if they have P.J. Tucker, you know, at four. I mean, I, I mean I, that's a that's – a, they had the privilege to lose to the Nets and Bucks at that point. You know, now they may. I I think the I mean I think the Bulls should be middle of the East. I mean, you, I mean you have the Nets, Bucks, Seventy Sixers, Celtics are going to be healthy, and the Bulls. The Bulls got a lot of talent. How they all fit? They never all played together, but like you said, I mean, they're going to get a lot of run, and um, rather, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean. Patrick Williams is probably going to start at the four for the Bulls. Um, so, I, you know, it'll probably be a lineup of Levine, uh, Lonzo, DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic. No, uh, Laurie Markkinen? Laurie Markkinen is a free agent. He still hasn't signed anywhere, but uh, the Hornets were rumored to have interest in him. Um, he's had a rough couple of years yeah. um, Ever since he that's is not... it's kind of <laughs> he uh yeah he's he's fallen by the wayside which yeah. you know it's hard to blame him being coached by jim boylan his mm. whole career yeah um but uh patrick williams he's he's he projects as a pretty good defender so you know he could i, I think he works well in that unit you know vucevic is more of a scoring five he's kind of a net negative not net negative net nothing on defense um he won't hurt you necessarily but he's not going to really help you much either um yeah you know he can pass it well um so they're gonna have a fun group i think it's kind of a you know levine's not a true one derozan's obviously not a one he's more you know kind of a playmaking two so they're both kind of similar and then you have Lonzo as the connector guy, you know, tertiary playmaker maybe, but it's like a I think it takes a lot of pressure off Levine from what he had last year oh, and no. forcing him into being something he's not. Like Zach Levine is not a good passer. He's he's a scorer first and foremost. And you know he will try to be a passer, but he's it's not who he is. Um uh, look, so this helps. Yeah. And we kind of saw I mean this is a terrible example, but it popped in my head so I'm gonna say it because I didn't you know, that's what I do. Um we saw what the Nets were able to do. Two guys going after it, Kyrie and KD breaking on the defense, and then Harden breaking on the defense every now and then, but getting the other guys involved, sometimes 20, 15, 20 assist numbers. And then Blake Griffin being that, you know, sometimes being the defensive stopper inside, sometimes getting those dump offs, tip in. So it depends on how Vooch, how willing the defender he's going he's to want to be. And he's going to have to take, he's going to have to be literally the, like the fourth option in terms of, uh, usage, he won't be the fourth scoring option. He'll be the probably... no, he'll be the third option. No, I'm saying going to be ahead of him. I'm talking about usage. Like Lonzo's going to be handling the ball more, and then DeRozan's going to handle the ball. Levine's going to handle the ball. 
I don't know how many times they're gonna have Booch going back to the basket, going against guys regular season. They will, but in the playoffs, how many like? I disagree. I think Lonzo will be handling it a lot less than he's just been accustomed to. I think he'll. I think Vucevic Maybe. will handle it a lot more than him. Because Vucevic, they're going to run a lot of their offense through him. Like even with with Levine and DeRozan, I think they're going to use him and in because he's best when he's playing out of the high post and being a pick and pop guy, kind of occasionally mixing in some back to the basket type stuff. Like I think he's going to be like they got him for a reason. He's going to be a central point in their offense. I think Lonzo is going to be probably the fourth option on, on offense and Definitely the fourth. Does usage guy okay yeah i mean they may play it that way like we saw booch game one against the bucks and the bubble like that was that was a master class of of uh, exploiting the high uh, the high post so um they easily could play it that way um but you know we'll see so they have options and i think like you said i think the bottom line is the bulls are gonna be fun to watch it's gonna be fun to see DeRozan yeah, they're probably the most that. fun team at the bottom of the East that might not make the playoffs. <laughs> they might, but no. they might not. The Hornets are that team. The Bulls are definitely making the playoffs. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Speaking they of, could. Speaking of teams that won't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. The the New York Knicks, are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> um. The Knicks might squeak in. I mean, let, let's let's talk through it a little bit. They, um, they they have a lot of talent, a lot of old talent. So, the Knicks effectively opted to keep it all together, um, which you know, it's not a bad idea. No. Um, and they did add some pieces. Um, they they extended Julius Randle to a four year, hundred and seventeen million dollar extension, which is fair. He was the most improved player last year. Um, showed a lot of promise. You know, obviously, the playoffs leave a mad, bad taste in your mouth um, from how he finished, but he definitely deserves that money. Um, somebody who doesn't deserve that money, Zach. Um, Evan Fournier Uh-oh. signed to a four year. $78 million contract with the New York Knicks. you see him in the Olympics, though? Uh, I, I do not care what players do in the Olympics. You got Timothy Luau Cabarot looking like a <laughs> all-star in the Olympic run. Yeah, I've I, I placed no value on that. Um, Evan Fournier. Uh, <laughs> where to begin? He is... Unplayable on defense in the playoffs. Um, He does a little bit of on-ball creation for his own shot. Um, But he's effectively a shooter. Uh, Which is what the Knicks kind of need, though. Not for four years, 78 million, that's for sure. Uh, They basically, we'll get to this in a second, but they, they took the Celtics backcourt. Um, which <laughs> yeah, they did <laughs> had a rough, had a rough playoffs uh, to say the least. They got Kemba Walker uh, to a TBD deal. Um, he got bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, he had seventy eight million dollars left on his remaining two years, I think, on his deal. And the Thunder opted to buy him out rather than try to get some value for him later on down the line, which I thought was puzzling based on, I guess, 
what they've done in the past, you know, rehabilitating Chris Paul's image and making him worth a lot more than he was traded for. I st- I still can't fucking believe that the Rockets added picks to get Westbrook in exchange for Chris Paul. It's disgusting to me. Um, but it, you know, that boost in value that the Thunder were able to give him. Look, there's a lot of factors up there. Okay. Led him to the Suns. Two factors up that. One, uh, Harden in the fourth quarter refuses to drive. So we needed someone to drive in the fourth quarter. Chris Paul averages 0.8 layups per game on the Rockets. So Chris Paul wasn't able to, to be at his best self because he was being – everyone's standing around waiting for Harden to drive. Then Harden kicks the ball to Chris Paul with five, six seconds left. It's putting Chris Paul in a shitty situation. So Harden – fucking sucks in that scenario is it better to put westbrook in that situation with five six seconds no, left he's gonna hoist up a at least three-pointer or mid-range jumper at least he can attack the fucking paint and kick out chris paul wasn't able to get around defenders honestly at the end of his rockets career he got a rejuvenation on the thunder he got a rejuvenation on the suns but genuinely he his last year last months on the on the rockets were and part of that was because harden and him were bitching and complaining probably it's more harden's fault so the Rockets literally had no choice but the trade. They were either going to do Chris Paul or Harden. And maybe in hindsight, they should have picked Chris Paul. But they had to pick Chris Paul or Harden. They gave, that's what I fucking picked. They gave Harden everything he wanted. They, you bring Chris Paul, trade Chris Paul, bring Westbrook, trade Westbrook. We traded the Westbrook for him. He didn't want Westbrook. We traded him. Nah, whatever. So I agree. In hindsight, it's a downgrade. But Harden refused to play with him, with Chris Paul. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but in, in in any case, Kemba Walker, the deal is rumored to be in the range of eight to nine million, which is a fucking steal, absolute steal, for the Knicks. Uh, like if he can get anywhere close to his pre-injury self, he's gonna be insanely fun to watch. He can sign wherever he wants, right? Uh, Kemba. Yeah. Yeah, he chose to sign with the Knicks. He's a he's a New York kid. So, um, not only did the Knicks uh, sign him, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, they're also bringing back uh, a lot of the gang. <laughs> uh, Derek Rose signed to a three-year, $43 million deal. Nice. Um, I don't hate this deal. A lot of people were saying this deal sucked. No. But, for, I mean... For Derek Rose, maybe. Der- Derek, Derek Rose was pretty key to their offense last year. He kept them rolling. So retaining him, I think, is important for them. Uh, you know, getting Kemba is going to, obviously, depending on how well he does, he'll probably be the starter. Um, and I don't know if they would opt to have Derrick Rose in that same starting unit. But, you know, if if Kemba doesn't work out, he's a good insurance policy and you know he can run the bench unit if all else uh they re-signed Nerlens Noel to a three-year, $32 million deal, which is over, wholly overpay um, for a guy who may not even be your starting center. Um, re-signed Alec Burks to a three-year, $30 million deal, um, which that's probably the best value outside of Kemba Walker, I think, that they got um, this free agency. He had a great year last year. Um and they re-signed Taj Gibson to a vet minimum, Tibbs guy. That guy's <laughs> going to be going until he's 80. Um, but, yeah, o- overall, the Knicks, 
they decided they really liked what they saw out of the Celtics' uh, backcourt last playoffs and went all in. I think they, and brought most of the game back together. I think they did what they could have done, and adding adding Kimba and Fournier, I think, only helps them. Yeah, probably not for the not for the money that Fournier signed. But if you take the Fournier and Kemba deals together, average them out, and say this is what you're paying for the backcourt, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, this is really good value. I um, agree. So, you know, not. They didn't screw themselves by any means. No. Um, they got a lot of mid-level contracts that they can package together if they want to make a trade at, at some point. And they retained a lot of their guys who made the magic last year to give them the fourth seed. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, don't hate it by any means, but, it's it, you know, there's some questionable decisions in there. Uh do you have anything else on the Knicks? No. Let's talk a little bit about Spencer Dinwiddie heading to the Washington Wizards in a sign-and-trade. Um, this was part of the Westbrook deal, technically, which involved five teams, including the Nets, Pacers, Spurs, Lakers, and Wizards. Um, bunch of draft capital, bunch of role players heading different ways. Um I can't even keep track of it all. I don't even know if it's all been accurately reported. Yeah. But uh, Dinwiddie agrees to a three-year, $60 million deal, presumably all in Bitcoin, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> to, to the Washington Wizards. Um, that's a, I, I like the fit next to Bradley Beal. Um, and they didn't overpay him by any means. Um $20 million a year seems more than fair for a guy of his caliber. Um, it's just a hair more than Evan Fournier. <laughs> How disgusting is that? Um, it's going to be bad. No defense. Yeah. Who's, again, he'll probably yeah, be bad. Who's well. starting? They're going to be bad. He'll probably be bad. Bill's going to be gone before the season ends. Oh, he's been pretty loyal up to this point. He's gone. He's seen some fucking shit yeah. in DC. Yeah, but he's also this, seen he's also this, seen Kyle Kuzma's Instagram post talking about how they're running like they're they're fucking. They got that big three of Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, and Kyle Kuzma. But you know, if you sign Dinwiddie, who's stopping you're them? Probably not moving on from Beal. You know, you don't sign Dinwiddie to that deal if you're rebuilding. No, it, so no. I think there'll be a pretty dynamic offensive backcourt um it's just the rest of the roster that absolutely blows um <laughs> yeah it does they'll be really good at scoring in a lot of ways like Dinwiddie I feel like is a nice compliment he can get to the rack a lot um more than Beal necessarily can and Beal can kind of make up for Dinwiddie's not lack of shooting but less impactful shooting with his sharpshooting on the wings and stuff so and we may we may see harold have like a resurgence because last year is just in a shitty situation it doesn't mean he's any worse of a player so it just it wasn't a good yeah. for him. so harold may be able to dominate like he used to and then beal and harold and, and pick and roll could be nasty and spencer dinwiddie's his mean is a lot better i think than westbrook's range of outcomes like when westbrook 
could be really good for you on some nights and he could be actively terrible for you also. So Dinwiddie gives you a little bit more consistency and that might be all the Wizards really need to be better overall. So mm, I don't know. Maybe. I think I think the Wizards might be they could end up being a better team than they were last year. At the end of the season they they were a better team than what their record showed. Yeah. Because like you said the rise and fall of Westbrook. Westbrook was terrible for them. Well, right. And it might lead to more wins if you just have a little bit more consistency there. And, so. you know, you know, for as much as we make fun of Graham Harrell and uh, oh. Kyle Kuzma, uh, you know, they're good players in the right situation. It wasn't that far off ago that Montrez Harrell was really, really fucking good for the Clippers. Right. Um, and, you know, I could see him playing well with Beal or Dinwiddie and, you know, might have a little bit more chemistry with those type of guys rather than what the Lakers had to offer last year. So you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that is all I have on the Wizards. But um, Mortal Enemies, Joel and B and Andre German are teaming up. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Did you see their video of like uh, that they like, that was posted when they met up in the gym? I was like, no. Drummond, Drummond's going in to give him a handshake, and then like, and B is giving the handshake and a hug, and then like you can see in B's faces like he just kind of gave him the side eye the whole time, like, "Hey, motherfucker! Like this is my fucking team. You're my bitch now." <laughs> How humiliating is it for Drummond to? Uh, oh, it's so humiliating. Be backing up Joel Embiid. After uh, talking all that shit to him, oh yeah, last couple of years. Not to say Embiid wasn't talking all that shit right back and probably instigating more of it, but uh, that's that's embarrassing. He's that's, a fucking that's, troll. That's tough. But, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. <laughs> but I mean, Drummond uh, puts up empty numbers in in Detroit, like averaging fourteen to fourteen, and then thinks he's a good player, good back to the basket player. He's he's a glorified. He has one player. of the worst bags I've ever seen he's for a guy hyped up Clinton. as much as he is. Oh yeah. Worse bag than Clint Capella. <laughs> yeah, and Capella is a better offensive player just because he's so much better in the pick and roll. Yes. Like, at least Capella has a role where he's, like, he's good at one thing that he's, you know, and, you know, he's a good defender too. But, like, Drummond is a trash defender. He gets eaten up <laughs> in the pick and roll. Yep. And he thinks he's a back-to-the-basket scorer, which he's not. He's not. And he's not he's – not, good enough in the pick and roll to even make an impact there. No. So what does he do? Nothing. He bat, he plays three minutes in the playoffs. Gets a lot of rebounds. Just, he does get a lot of rebounds, yeah. That's his that's his defining skill. He's what so. Moses Malone would be in today's NBA. I'm just joking. Moses oh, is a three-time MVP. I'm not going to disrespect Moses like that. but That's why I, I joke with my dad about it because Moses' dad my dad's favorite player. And Moses got a lot of points off his own putbacks. So I had a lot of re- offensive rebounds from his own misses. So it's, I joked that that would happen. Sounds but. like sounds like the Zaza twenty twenty game. Yeah, that was Moses every game. That's how that's <laughs> that shows how great he was. Yep, just shows how uh, high above he was from the rest, where he could just hey, he bodied Kareem in the finals. Hey, I, he beat Kareem in the finals. Got to give him, or Western Conference Finals. Got to give him respect. No, in the finals. Yeah, the Sixers versus uh, Lakers in the finals. I think it was, yeah, Sixers-Lakers in 82, 83. We'll we'll close out this uh, with um, 
an Embiid quote or from a tweet in 2018. I own a lot of real, real estate in Andre Drummond's head, and I'm on my way to build more. Hashtag bum. Hashtag the process. I love that. Uh, yeah, so that's fun. Um, that the fun. Celtics. Trader Brad. Bringing the whole gang back together. Uh, signed Ennis Cantor to a deal less than a year after uh, trading him in a salary dump move to the Blazers while attaching a first-round pick that became the best rookie shooter in the past class, Desmond Bain. That's, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah. Not only did the Celtics do that, um, you know, they also, we've touched on, brought back Al Horford, so they brought back their old center <laughs> rotation. Um, they also <laughs> made sure to downgrade their backcourt, uh, getting Josh Richardson <laughs> and, uh, somebody else. They got, they got Josh Richardson and then I forget the other player that they signed, but, uh, definitely, definitely no scoring in that backcourt, uh, for sure. Um, so that's, uh, you know. State of the Celtics right now, basically Brad Stevens undoing every Danny Ainge move from the past two years, and they lost Simi Ojale. Ah, that's oh, a, that's a big huge, L. huge L. Yeah, yeah losing <laughs> losing the Giannis stopper as he was coined a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets signed Patty Mills to a two-year, twelve million dollar deal. Real quick about the um. About the uh, Celtics, I know we're running over, but uh, I saw a thing. The Pacers and Celtics had discussions about a Miles Turner trade. And of course they did. It's the third straight offseason that two teams have discussed such a deal. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Celtics have been flirting with Miles Turner oh my God, every single dude. year, just blowing kisses his way. <laughs> He's exactly, exactly what they need. Like, yeah, it's exactly be, what they need. a defensive center who who has a good, decent basketball IQ, and he has that. Yeah, and the, and the problem with him on the Pacers is like they need more of a they need offense, they need yeah. creators and stuff. So if you trade away Demonis Sabonis, he's like your main guy. But if you trade away Turner, takes away all the defense. Yeah, Turner on the Celtics, like they already have Jason Tatum, and you know. Presumably, you're going to keep Jalen Brown in a Turner trade. You're yeah. probably going to trade some other pieces, not Jalen Brown. Who do the Celtics um, give up? Is what you're saying. And the, but the Celtics, the Celtics, you know, they clutched Jalen Brown like he's the second coming of Kobe Bryant. They just they're pearls. They don't want to trade Anthony Davis for him. They don't. They don't want to get uh, Damian Lillard for him. They don't. You know, any big name free agent uh, that comes on the market they're not willing to trade or not free agent, but any big superstar who wants to be traded they they don't want to trade Jalen Brown for him. Yeah. You know, Jalen Brown's the next Kobe Bryant slash Kawhi Leonard all packaged into one. <laughs> he's good. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's a beast. But he's, he's him and Jason Tatum together in the same starting lineup. I feel like they bring too much of the same thing. Like the Mar and like, Zach Levine, you know? maybe maybe not we'll see, we'll see how that works out yeah. but like neither of them are the 
guy who you can just, you know, the, the first, the primary ball handler playmaker type yeah. where you can run the whole offense through them. Like yeah. they're both like scorers, but they don't, they don't facilitate and get their teammates involved as much as they need to, to be the offensive fulcrum in like a, in a scheme that, you know, runs through one player and one or two players, you know, neither of them can be that guy that can do that consistently. Yeah. And so like, if you get the opportunity to fucking trade for Damian Lillard, especially with the contract he's on, like, are you kidding me? I'd, I'd swap Jason Tatum for him in a heartbeat to get him and Jalen Brown on the same team, much less Jalen fucking Brown. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, I agree. But I agree. In in a, in any case, uh, Celtics are fucking dumb. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn Nets signed Patty Mills to a two-year, uh, twelve million dollar deal. Great he signing. was rumored between the Lakers and the Nets. He opted for the Nets. Um, good choice. Yeah, that'll that'll be good for the Nets. Um, you know, again, doubling down on bucket getters that don't play defense. Okay. Um, that's worked for them in the past, so <laughs> okay, why not okay. double down on it? Okay. I'm not even being sarcastic. Like they're a title favorite with no defense. Oh, so I thought you were why being not sarcastic. double down on it? They, they lost to you, but I mean eh, it's kind of funny, but okay. still. I, I'm laughing. But still. Yeah. Uh yeah, this is a great signing for them. They needed somebody off the bench who's able to get their own shot and play make a little bit. This is valuable. Um they would have gotten that from Spencer Dinwiddie last year if he wasn't hurt. So kind of replacing him. Patty Mills is um, having coming off one of the best Olympics. He had forty points in the bronze bronze. He always game. looks insane in the Olympics. Uh you know who doesn't look insane. And we'll get to that later. Dame Lillard. <laughs> well, <laughs> Another guy from the old down under. He was injured. Oh, yeah, yeah. we will. Um, Devontae Graham traded to the Pelicans. Who? Uh, Dev- Devontae Graham. Okay. <laughs> 37% three-point shooter on a whopping nine attempts per game, I want to say. They gave him the ball. No, they traded away a lot. They didn't sign Lonzo. They got Lonzo. Lonzo's gone. What are they, they going to Who's gonna give him the ball? No one. Are you are you drunk? No one. <laughs> He's a better shooter than Lonzo. I'm saying who's least. gonna give him the ball? Who's bringing the ball up the court for the Pelicans? Uh, Brandon Ingram. Okay. Zion Williamson. Nope. They did point Zion last year. Yeah. How'd it work? For Worked him? out. Nope. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Big point Zion guy all of a sudden, huh? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Point carry, Zion. carry on. I'm sorry. Good for his development. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Devontae Gray is a good shooter. Uh, however, um, they lose Lonzo. They uh, well, they traded away Eric Bledsoe, which is definitely a good thing. Uh, he went to the Grizzlies in a – I think it was a draft day deal. But in any case, I think – the Pelicans lost some talent. Um, they maybe got better shooting around Zion, which is important. But I don't really understand. They gave Devontae Graham a sizable contract. I don't really remember exactly what it was, but it was it was pretty big. Um, 
yeah, it just seems like David Griffin uh, slowly shitting away the uh, opportunity to woo Zion to sign again. Okay. I'm far from I'm far from the guy who's like, you know, get small market player A out of this situation to a bigger market. But like, the Pelicans are not doing anything to, you know, no. even the bare minimum of having Zion stay. So no. They also got who did they get? They got uh, Jonas Valanciunas to replace oh. Stephen Adams. Oh, I mean he's billing him, billing him, billing him as a uh, stretch the floor type center, which he is not. He's not. Uh, is he a good player? Be the first to say that. Did he play well in the Grizzlies. Yes. He shot the three a good percentage last year on like no attempts, and he was wide open every time. So. Um, I wouldn't really call that a floor stretcher when it takes you three seconds to wind up your jump shot. Oh, um, damn. I agree. <laughs> but yeah, um, do you have anything else on the Pelicans? No, really? no. There's going to be shit. Just, let's, let's, see, let's go through a couple of these um, other signings, minor signings, a little bit uh, rapid fire. Sure. So... The Mavs shore up some of their wing depth. They sign Reggie Bullock to a three-year, $30.5 million deal. They signed Sterling Brown to a two-year, $6.2 million deal, Zach. Uh, Sterling Brown is no more with the Houston Rockets. Damn it. He's a good three and D. Didn't he like play like small ball four for the Rockets a little bit? I didn't watch any uh, Rockets basketball after um, – after, uh... Um, Christian Wood got hurt, so ah, yes, uh, fair weathered fan. Uh, okay, um, I'll get... I watched every one of those fifteen win books teams because yeah, you were like nine years old and you had nothing better to do with your time. So what do you what do you have better to do with your time? Zach? What do you what do you spend? Uh, what do you play Warzone with, with your dumbass? <laughs> I'd much rather play Warzone and get bodied by hackers than than watch um, fucking KPJ lo- drop thirty and lose by seventy. Hey, that's that's fun stuff. It is. He's a hooper. Seeing the yeah, they got another hooper in Jalen Green. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second. I don't want to. Um, so the rest of these bullets, I'll just give you my like quick hit thoughts, like good, bad. So Mavs for wing depth, good. Yeah, I think that's solid. Yeah. They got two, three, and D guys. Yeah. So um, Pistons trade away Mason Plumley to the Hornets a year after signing him to a three-year $24 million deal, which was suspect to begin with, um, only to replace him with Kelly Olenek. Olenek was balling on the Rockets. He, I, I, signing him to a three-year $37 million contract. Look. Making the same mistake two years in a row. When I when I saw, whenever I look at the Rockets, every time, I didn't watch any games, but every now and then I'd see them on the score app because they were my favorite. I'd see like Olenek, 20 points. 14 rebounds, six assists. Like, he constantly, he, he was falling out last year. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a role player. <laughs> he was our best player. <laughs> That's uh, not saying a whole lot for no, that roster. He's not. But, uh, especially with Christian Woodhurt. Yeah. Um, the Hornets replace a Zeller with a plumber, which feels like it should be illegal. Um, <laughs> Zeller signs with the Blazers. Uh, um, I guess they needed a big man with. Cantor on his way out, and maybe, uh, you know, they might be losing more than one big man this this summer. They uh, they lost um, 
uh, Zach Collins to the Spurs. Yeah, and they lost uh, Myers Leonard to uh, to um, racism. <laughs> well, technically the Heat did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. No, my yeah, Myers Leonard was on the Blazers for a little while. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you're right. He's on the Heat. I messed up. But yeah, so yeah. Your bullet for the Spurs is funny here. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So Zach Collins went to the went went to the Spurs, but. Yusuf Nurkic said that he might not be back either. Oh, whoa. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off from the Blazers. Yeah, I forgot about your uh, Nurkic. Yeah, but yeah, no worries there. But yeah, so Zeller, you know, he might be their plan A for certain Oh, dude. Dame is out by a trade deadline if that happens. Oh, no. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's that's uh, funny. Oh, dude. Um, that's worse than having Ennis Cantor as your center. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, it's tough. That's bad. Uh, the Spurs predictably overpay a white big man, Zach <laughs> Collins. Three years, $22 million. Yeah. Um, they also signed a couple other white big men uh, that I'd never heard of oh. from international play, which is pretty on brand for them. Um, JaVale McGee, we mentioned a little bit earlier, signed a one-year, $5 million deal with the Suns. I like this for the Suns a lot. Um, They were missing big men depth in the playoffs last year. That was kind of their Achilles heel. Whenever DeAndre Ayton got in foul trouble, they basically were putting fucking Torrey Craig out there at five. Um, And, you know, part of that had to do with the um, uh, injury to – what's his name? Oh, Baines? No. Baines was on the Raptors last year. Um, oh, God damn it, Zach. Fuck. Uh, Dario Saric. He got hurt oh. right before the playoffs. Or maybe he was during the playoffs. He got hurt during the playoffs, I think. And then they had to go small in non-eight minutes. And Saric was good for them. Yeah. So that sucked. Um, but yeah. JaVale McGee, defensive-minded center, which you know gives them a nice option. Um to use against certain matchups that definitely would have helped against the Bucks um, in the finals. So I think that's a good signing. Uh, Bobby Portis resigns with the Milwaukee Bucks. We touched on that too. For less than expected, he could have signed up to, I believe it was 4.5, 4.7 million. He ended up signing for like 3.7, um, which gave the Bucks uh, flexibility and opened up the taxpayer mid-level exception, which they used on George Hill. Um, the return. Most of it. Most of it on George Hill, anyway. They signed him for like $4 million a year. Um, taxpayer mid-level goes up to about $5.9, I want to say. So they have about $2 million left of the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is basically a minimum contract anyway, so it really wouldn't benefit them much. Um, they also signed Semi Ojale and Rodney Hood to vet minimums. Uh, uh, recently. Ojale, I guess, yeah. Well, the Great White Hope. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> they signed Ted Cruz, um, or traded for Ted Cruz from the Grizzlies, uh, <laughs> Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen averaged 10 points per game last year. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a pretty good fucking good three points here um he shot 39.9 percent on five and a half attempts per game from three um he's 
better as an above the break three point shooter than corner three point shooter. Um, shots, I want to say it was like forty percent from above the break. Uh, he's also much more of a catch and shoot type guy, so he should help them a little bit uh, playing off the ball. He might be more consistent of a shooter than Dante. I doubt they would put him in the starting lineup because Dante's defense is so good, but, um, you know, nice option to have. He also, you know, is digging deep into the Grayson Allen stuff. Yeah, I've noticed that. (laughs) Um, He averaged the same usage as DiVincenzo last year uh, with the same assist-to-turnover ratio, so kind of similar playmaker, uh, which I was not really expecting. Um, some good minutes for the grids last year. I yeah. And I think the main knock against him from a group, like, cause Grizzlies fans were happy to see him go. But I think a lot of that had to do with him taking up minutes of their young talent, uh, that could have been playing like D'Anthony Melton and Desmond Bain and such. But, uh, so, you know, I think he's a good ad for a contending team and his defense isn't a negative is he's pretty much just solid, you know, not going to hurt you type defender. So, and he brings a certain as I mean, as much of a dicky as he is, he brings a certain edge that you know, Mar- yeah. Bobby Portis and him, and you know that <laughs> that Mark that Marcus Smart kind of mentality where they're going to dive for the loose ball. So, you know, yeah, he's gritty. You know, he's a grinder. He's, he's gritty. Bring your lunch pail to work, kind of guy. You know, that's right. He's he's got the Devinchenko or not Devinchenko, the Delavadova mold. Yes, you know? but um, better. Yeah. Potentially. Well, not Delavadova peak, but Delavadova. He should be better than Delavadova on the Bucks. Peak Deli <laughs> mixtapes. <laughs> About twenty seconds. It's got got that scoop oh, buzzer beater in there for the half. Woo. For the half, it was high off the glass. Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> you got that steal out of the. Uh, it was a out of bounds interception. Finger roll. Uh, <laughs> One last, uh, one last, I guess, oh. free agency. Not really, not really free agency, but I guess trade type thing. Ben St- Ben Simmons is still on the fucking Sixers, which he should not be at this point. Yeah. Um, I think the Sixers are realizing that their incredibly high uh, demands for him in trades are not quite hitting. No. With other GMs around the league. Um, He's currently not on speaking terms with the Sixers. He's not spoken to anyone within the organization since the offseason concluded. He's going, dealing everything through his agent, um, which isn't a good sign. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I mean, some of those offers Darryl are Mo- crazy, man. They're like four for Daryl Morey's asking for like five fucking picks yeah. from the fucking Spurs. Like, are you, are you joking? <laughs> And then Simmons wants to play in Golden State, of course. Like, who wouldn't? Oh but that'd be, yeah. that'd be a great fit for him, honestly. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a pretty good fit. Unless, I mean, but Draymond. But who are they? Who are they gonna? Who are they gonna give? I don't know. And Draymond fills that role anyway. You know, he does. Um. Yeah, he'd be a very similar type. I mean, they could maybe try to play a little Draymond at the five, Simmons at the four type shit. But that's not sustainable for a, re- a regular season at the very least. No. Could be a good option to have in the playoffs, but 
you can't really play both those guys on the floor at the same time. I feel like no. very well. I agree. Um, that that's gonna muck up your front court quite a bit. I mean, they have the best shooter in the fucking world, so that helps. You know, with any lineup that you have, like put out talent and you're pretty much set. Um, especially if Clay Thompson comes back too. Yeah, that'll help. Um, Andrew Wiggins is uh, something. Uh, <laughs> Not the greatest shooter, um, but it, yeah, Simmons. That's going to be that's a shit show. Um, it's going to be something to monitor in the next few weeks. It it will be interesting if he's still on the roster come opening night. Um, when when you said best shooter in the world, were you talking about uh, Nico Mannion or? Yeah, okay. obviously. Um. <laughs> <laughs> NBA draft. Yes. Um, there's a lot of trades that happen. We mentioned the Westbrook trade that happened on draft night. Um, Ricky Rubio is headed to the Cavs um, along with a second rounder in cash in exchange for Taurine Prince. Um, it's a good move for the Cavs, I think. Uh, they got a lot of guards now, but it's good value, I think. Um you know, Touring Prince, he's fallen off in recent years a little bit from a production standpoint, but you know, from a fit sense, uh, you know, he's a three and D type guy. The Timberwolves could always use some more of those. Um, can play a little bit of four, but uh, yeah, Delhi replacement potentially. Nobody can replace Delhi, obviously, but um, no, he, no, it's interesting. You see, uh, Rubio was named to uh, the FIBA's uh, 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 men's Olympic uh, top five, All Star five. Uh, I did not. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ricky Rubio, uh, Patty Mills, Kevin Durant, Luca, and Rudy Gobert. Hmm. Yeah. This, uh, you know, it's not really, I don't, I don't have it built into the show, but this might be a good time to talk about the Delhi desktop a little bit. Um, ah, do we need to play the music? And is this going to be a, uh, are we still going to keep, are we still going to do this, you know, part of the show moving forward? Or are, are we going to just move on to maybe a different player? Or are we locked in on Delhi? The face you're giving me is we're locked in on Delhi until he, you know. I'm waiting for you to stop talking so we have a space to uh, play the music. Here we go. Fire away, Zach. Uh, okay. Um, I don't have my tab. Okay, here it is. Sorry. Matthew Delvadova. Um, we've been hyping him up all year as, as being a player coach, as being that guy who can set the tone for excellence, set the tone for reliability, and set the tone for playmaking. We've like He's a Udonis Haslam type, you know, coach. Yes, the... Juwan Howard, you know, all, all that. Uh, maybe LeBron next season, depending on how that goes. Um, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, we taught, we've shown some of Delhi's per 36, where he can average 16 and 10 at some points throughout this year. He uh, did not have the best um, Olympics, per se. Um, 
the, the thing I pulled up isn't showing that for some reason, but I looked it up a couple days ago and he was, he played like 16 or 17 minutes and had three points. Um, he was not an integral part on the floor. We have no idea what value he brought in terms of prettiness um, and toughness such. and uh, coachability. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but white, white guy of your virtues. It was tough. Let's yeah, and this yeah, it was just it, was, it just wasn't good. Uh, let's see here, four point. He did have. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I looked this up before he uh, played against. Oh, this is Serbia in the group phase. He had twenty three against Serbia in the group phase, but his last couple games, fifteen against Lithuania. I'm I'm woefully unprepared. Lithuania. Okay, I, I read a country's initials. I'm sorry. I thought I had a better picture of this, but basically, he did have fifteen against Lithuania. Um, wow, but he was a minus 18 against Serbia in the semifinals with three points in 22 minutes, and in the bronze medal game, That's tough. minus 18 in 22 minutes. Yeah. Are you, what? Yeah, that real? That's that's real. It sounds like Frank Kaminsky in the finals. Okay. Um, other than the bronze medal game against Spain, it was the Patty Mill show with Delvado with six points in 24 minutes on a plus minus of only three. So. His final four games in the Olympics, he was a net. He was a negative eight plus minus. It's just eight point nine, eight point nine a game. You know, seven assists. Uh, he had a couple. His group phase numbers were good, but once we got to the actual games, it was they moved, they, they didn't rely on daily. Let's just put it that way. Patty Mills uh, stole the show. Yeah, he did steal the show. It's the uh... Yeah, the passing of the torch. <laughs> I imagine Ben Simmons played for the for the for the Boomers. That yeah, Australia would have been tough. Two two of three guards who can't shoot. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're just roasting <laughs> everybody there. Uh, uh, so let's let's talk about the draft briefly. Yes. Um, neither of us are draft experts. That's, oh, uh, no, that's, doesn't even need to be said. Um, but. <laughs> Cade Cunningham, we know him. Yes. He went to the Pistons. We know him. Uh, number, we, we know the Rockets were trying to get him. Number one overall pick. Uh, he's really fucking good. Uh, yes. He's going to be really good for the Pistons. I can bet. Um, you know, he... I mean, the Pistons are going to be trash next year still, obviously. But um, bright future for them. Uh, Jalen Green went to the Rockets. Uh, I don't know if you have any Jalen Green thoughts, but... Uh, Based on what draft Twitter had to say, um, Jalen Green is a hooper, not a basketball player. And the Rockets filled up on hoopers in the draft. So that'll be uh, interesting to watch next to uh, Christian Wood. And uh, John Wall still on the fucking Rockets? Yep. Yeah, he's still here. <laughs> he has the same contract as Westbrook, so he's uh... – He's got two more nice. years, I think, and one of the I think the last year is a player option. Could be wrong. Mister Untradeable. Yeah. Untouchable, if you will. Uh, Untouchable I, because of his contract. Yeah. From what I've heard, Jalen Green is he had a great fit. I mean, he had a great fit at the draft. Yeah, like a, a sequin speckled, not speckled, but a sequin suit, look clean. 
nice. We're, we're building a young core: KPJ, Jalen Green, Christian Wood. That's right. A lot of a lot of good play, a lot of guys who play basketball. A lot of guys who play basketball. No, they hoop. They hoop. They don't necessarily play basketball. They hoop. I, it may be fun but, to watch um, them. I mean, they get season tickets. We'll see. We'll see what they are. Maybe I'm sure it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> considering the Rock, uh, considering Rockets fans didn't show up when we had superstars, they never would show up to games. So why would they show up to these games? Yeah, I would not count on the crowd being a no. factor um, in the fun and enjoyment. But yeah. Evan Mobley went to the Cavs. Um, a lot of people thought the Rockets should have drafted him because he's, you know, he's considered one of the top talents, possibly over Jalen Green. Um, Rockets went Jalen Green over him, um, but Evan Mobley is a, you know, kind of do it all type center. Um, he can you can run your offense through him quite a bit. He's a good defender and everything, so kind of a centerpiece type guy uh, could be. Has the ceiling of being a top player, top center, if not player in the league down the line, uh, if everything works out for him. So um, definitely excitement around the Cavs for that. Uh, they are building a good core. Um, and it's not like he cannot coexist next to Jared Allen either. They might trade Jared Allen down the line, but they just extended him. So he can probably play the four next to Allen, but he's probably best suited for the five. Um the Raptors shocked some people by taking Scotty Barnes. Um, he's kind of like a project defensive dynamo, um, f- stretchy forward type guy, um, similar to Pascal Siakam type archetype. Um, so if they end up trading Siakam at some point uh, while his value is high, Scotty Barnes could be a better fit then. Um, but right now it seems a little bit awkward considering the Raptors don't really have any guys who can play make. Yeah. Um, there are a couple other guys on the board who they who could have probably helped them and they opted for another defensive tantalizing prospect um, without much offensive refinement uh, at the moment. So, um, and then the Spurs reached for Josh Primo uh, at number 11, who, uh, wasn't a guy who, in a lot of scouts and draft people's minds, was even like a top 50 talent. So there's that. Um, at what point do we stop giving the Spurs every pass in the world <laughs> and start uh, judging them based on the last five years of management? Hey, he had uh, 17 points uh, in Summer League. Wow. Nice. Don Maker had uh, a triple double with fouls in some league. And last thing on the draft, I guess, is uh, the Lakers replacing Alex Caruso with Mac McClung. I remember mm. it makes me feel old. You know, old. It makes me see time has passed. You know, I, I watched that guy. That guy's highlights in, in high school, and he would dunk Matt over McClung? that. Yeah, Mac McClung. He was he was like one of those highlight mixtapes you see. I remember seeing him. So. Played at Georgetown, then went to Tech. So it's kind of now he's in the cool. NBA. So um, time time flies. Time flies. It's a great Mac Miller song. Um, let's move on to our final segment of the show, the Bonus Fry Baller. Oh, um, I was told there wasn't going to be one today. 
No, you were told there wasn't going to be a airballing of grievances today. Oh, that's right. It said nothing about the bonus for airball. My airballing grievance today is there was no airballing of grievances. Mine too. Um, <laughs> bonus for our ballers, part of the show where we highlight a player that uh, some, some nifty stats, you know, some some ball <laughs> baller ballers are hoopers more than basketball players. I would, <laughs> I would say um, Julius Randall fits that mold. Um, one of two players in NBA history last season to average ten or sorry, average twenty points, ten rebounds, and five assists on forty percent three point shooting in a season. Can you guess the other player? Zach? Twenty ten and five on forty percent three point shooting. I feel like that those that shouldn't be like a one of two. That should be like maybe one of twenty. No, one of two. 10, 10, 10 rebounds and five assists to go along with 20 points. I know Iverson was a... No, wait, Not a good enough three points. You, you said 20, 10, and 5? 20 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists? Sorry? Yes. 10 rebounds, I'm sorry. I don't know why I was saying Iverson. Yeah. Um, I would say Dirk. Nope. Okay. Not Dirk. All right. Uh, it was a quick no. Uh, <laughs> 10. 40%. Think... Think not modern era. Okay. Well, okay. Detlef Shrimp. Um, <laughs> Demonis Sabonis. Or not Demonis Sabonis. Uh, Arianis. Arianis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arianis. All right, Arianis. before, uh, like, I don't mind taking an hour to guess this. And um, also. This is this is a classic Zach player, so if that helps. You, be, you can't tell me the answer. You're going to have to, like, I mean, Larry Bird. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. 20, 10, and 5 on 40% three-point shooting. Julius Randle and Larry Bird often compared to each other, so no. this makes sense. What? Um, You're joking, right? I'm being facetious. Okay. I was looking at your face, and you know, it looked so serious for a second. I was confused. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, great, great, great job, Julius. Um, Good job, me. Def- definitely earned that extension. Me? Ah, it took you it took you a little while to get there. No, <laughs> I did. Dirk. Dirk was a good guess. Detlef shrimp. <laughs> Dude, Detlef. Detlef was a ball. See, I went two thousands, then I went nineties, then I went eighties. I was working my way back. Detlef. Trump was a hooper. Trump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was anything but a hooper. He was a good player. He's a hard-nosed basketball player. He he was he's better than you think he was. He's more athletic than Giannis. <laughs> so look, Detlef Shrimp, yeah. Uh, I I finally got to Bird. Uh, you kind of gave me a little hint with he's my kind of guy. Uh, Bird is my kind of guy. Um, and I was so I was I was curious uh, about Detlef Shrimp. And a couple seasons he was close. Uh, he had a couple nineteen-point seasons where he had nine rebounds. But whenever he'd have high rebounds, he couldn't shoot from three. So his two nine rebound series uh, seasons, he was fifteen percent from three, and then thirty two percent from three. But <laughs> he had um, a five point two total rebound uh, with seventeen points, and he shot forty uh, percent from three. And oh wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute! Oh my god, I read this wrong. Oh yeah, sorry. So whenever he had a high three point percentage, he had no rebound, uh, no rebounds. So he had his best season was a nineteen point two points six rebounds and he shot uh 50 from three on one wow. on, on two attempts a game so 
he was knocking on the door of, of 20, 10, and 40. He just never put it together in a season and never had 10 or 20. <laughs> but he had a couple 19 and 9. Yeah, he was close. I wasn't as bad of a guess as uh, you may have thought in the moment. You heard, you heard it here first. Indiana legend. <laughs> yep. Also, Seattle act, legend. Also guest actor on Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they got him because Pawnee is based in Indiana in that oh, show. And okay. They had him uh, a couple times. But uh, yeah, um, that does it for our free agency and draft episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram for some content. Uh, we will be posting some Zach Culinary exploits on Instagram. Um, Master Chef. Uh, you can also uh listen to us on spotify and apple podcasts and uh some other stuff too that we'll be posting uh i i I don't know it off the top of my head what we're all on at the moment (laughs) but uh i think tune in radio is one of them um iheart radio is one of them yeah and then maybe maybe some other stuff i don't know i I think what ben's trying to say is if you want to find us we're out there yeah we'll find you (laughs) Um, <laughs> we gotta start doing a local local TV ads. Yeah, yeah. We should we should start getting on the local radio stations. Some of the sports talk. Uh, Sponsor some bars. Yeah, oh. I've ar- I've already gone on a couple uh, Canadian sport talk shows. So, gotta Hell yeah. make the gotta make the jump to uh, Wisconsin coverage. Got to cross the border. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you, Zach. Thanks. It's good. Thank you, Ben. Talk to you later. Thanks, brother. Thank you.